Okay, welcome everybody. This is Margaret Schmidt. I'm the project manager for Contract Education TAP. And Faith Briley's also on the phone, my wonderful, wonderful uh, teammate down in Mount Sac. And we're really proud to bring you this webinar today titled Excellence Online. It's so timely. So many of you I know are challenged and struggling with taking your classes um, from on the ground to online right now. So we encouraged our presenters to very quickly, I think they did this in about a week's time, develop this course for us. And they will be also sharing it at our virtual summit on April 21st. We are recording this, so we'll have it on our podcast and you can look back to it and we'll be able to also send you the PowerPoint slides. Without further ado, I'm going to introduce our three presenters. Jonathan Bissell oversees the CCE Corporate Training Solutions and is the Executive Director of Community Continuing and Corporate Education with San Mateo Community College District. He's an experienced leader, training expert, executive coach, and a, I would say a very strategic thinker. Rayanne Ianello is an award-winning trainer who has presented online workshops for over 10 years. She holds a master's degree in communication, two teaching credentials, a certificate in human resources management, and a master training certificate from NUMI, which is a Toyota affiliate. Claire Laughlin, MA, is a dynamic and engaging trainer and consultant who uses experiential and innovative methods to help teams and organizations achieve results. With every client, she seeks to build individual leadership potential, teach positive communication habits, and enhance trust among and between team members. So we are very excited to have these three presenters, and I'm going to turn it over to Claire. Thank you, Margaret. I'm very excited to be here with all of you today, so let's get started. Our topic today is about excellence online, and it's about designing and delivering um, training for online audiences. And, you know, we're all in this together. Uh, this is a new era for us. So we're just, we're very pleased to be here with you and we hope everyone is healthy and well and uh, taking good care of yourselves every single day. So, um, oops, let's just talk about our guidelines for meeting online. We noticed that some people are more or less familiar with Zoom. So if you would, uh, we want to encourage you to participate, use the chat function, take the poll that we're going to, we're going to, um, give to you and add your expertise to the discussions. Um, the, the thing is when we, when we get your participation, you'll learn how that feels uh, on the receiving end. And it's also just kind of part of our presentation in general. Um, Margaret's gonna have us mostly on mute during the presentation, uh, but if you would please also hover your cursor over the bottom of your screen and go ahead and mute yourselves for this time. Lots of people are have maybe some background noise and that is completely understandable, but sometimes it makes it harder for others to hear. So if you wouldn't mind going ahead and muting yourself for now and then turn on your camera for Q&A if you have one and if you don't mind, and you can unmute yourself for sure when we get to some Q&A. Also just really encourage you to be putting your notes and your questions and comments in the chat as we go. Uh, because between Jonathan and Rayanne and I, we will all be kind of monitoring the chat as we go and making sure that we answer your questions. So those are our guidelines. Now, let's talk about the big picture. Big picture here is that there's a big bend in the road. And I wanted to just start with this fortune cookie wisdom. A bend in the road is never fatal unless you fail to turn. And so that's kind of the theme for our conversation today. Ultimately, uh, we are, you know, the world has changed. <laughs> There's been a huge bend in the road and more to come. And so we just, we really need to, uh, you know, turn with that bend. Our clients are suffering. It's important for us to remember that the people that we serve are uh, in this with us and they're having a huge financial impact as well as we are. And in addition, you know, most of our businesses are centered on live training. 
And it is really interesting for us to think about uh, that people have different experience with this. And oh, thank you, Frank. Um, but, but we know that across our contract education units, most of our businesses are centered on live training. And so this puts us, this is a big bend in our road here that we really need to learn to adapt to. So we must turn. <laughs> Our big takeaway for today, we always like to start with the end in mind, and it's, and it's basically this. We want you to be inspired and better prepared to use online methods as a business advantage, um, not just as a Band-Aid, right? So what's really important is that we help you to think even longer term strategically and not just like, oh, I can just have all my meetings by Zoom right now or something, um, but to even think out farther with um, your strategic plan so that you can really leverage this time period to position yourself better moving forward. So here's our roadmap for today. This is what we're gonna cover. We're gonna talk about the real opportunity. What is the real opportunity here? Then we're gonna go to a little piece on how to get started because it can be really easier than you think. And um, Rianne's gonna talk a lot about that. We're going to then turn it over to Jonathan to talk about some simple technical tools that you can use. And then at the end, we're gonna talk about how to communicate with your clients right now, which is really, really important. How can you communicate with them to demonstrate empathy and to serve them and to um, position yourself as a partner in uh, how those businesses can move forward. So that's an important part of our time together today. So let's dig in. Let's talk about the real opportunity. And uh, like I said, if you wouldn't mind, I'm just going to remind you to go ahead and put comments or questions in the chat bar uh, as you go along. And um, and we'll be monitoring that. And we will pause a couple of times during our time together to take those questions. So I wanted to start with a little story uh, because when we all got the uh, when we all got the directive to to go home to work, and that all of a sudden everything was going to have to happen online, and if we were going to continue working, it was all going to be online part of me like was like wow at least i'm not starting you know where i was four years ago <laughs> with this which was in a place where i really wasn't i wouldn't have been at all prepared and i just wanted to tell you this quick story because i think there's a lot of learning here that's going to prepare other people uh depending on where you are in your journey so first i want to say that i took a lot of online courses. I've taken a lot of online courses for everything from, you know, the free QuickBooks training that was online to some things with Ed2Go. I learned Excel on Ed2Go. Um, lots of lots of different kinds of uh, video-based courses, etc. And then about four years ago, I took my first premium online course. And that cost me about $2,000. And I wasn't sure that it was going to be a great match because my experience to date had been short, um, kind of very focused technical training online. And this was a much more robust program. And I just wasn't sure. I, I actually had a belief that I thought to myself, I'm not sure that I'm gonna learn anything online, but they had a money back guarantee. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. So it was like $2,000 course. I learned so much and that class was so good that I took another and another and another and another. And in fact, in the last four years, I've spent a lot of money. <laughs> I won't tell you how much, but I've taken about um, seven of these premium long-term big investment online courses. And I have, I am now a believer. Um, so that was part of it. Now, along the way, uh, many years ago now, I shot my first online course. I decided to get courageous and stand in front of a video camera and actually shoot a video course. Um, it was called Be an Amazing Trainer, and I combined it with live coaching and loved it. Okay. Um, in fact, I just want to say that, in fact, the sales strategy for me was harder than creating the product, though the product was not simple, but it, the sales strategy was 
was a challenge. Um, in addition to that, I got, I eventually, after that, I actually shot several other courses. I got paid to translate a class to video for a client. I had a client who was doing an interviewing class and I had delivered all this, uh, how to do panel interviews and stuff like that with the client. They're a global company and they said, you know, we just want everyone to take this. Can you put this on video for us? And so, so we did it. We put it all on video and they paid me to do that, which was fantastic. So then I kind of went with that strategy and I actually took two other of my, my really in-depth courses. These are classes that are about three days live and we put those on video and now I offer those to my clients by video. So that was a big turn, you know, a zigzag. And then, then I started to get this additional uh, work around getting paid to develop wraparound services to support the uptake of online learning. Because just handing somebody an online class, if they didn't choose it, doesn't turn out to be that effective. But if you can do some wraparound services, then those really help. So those, those things, you know, all together kind of prepared me because I came away with this arsenal of tools and products that I can use again and again. And I think that's really key for us to consider at this point is that there are things that you should be able to build right now that should serve you for years to come. So it's not a Band-Aid, it's a strategic business advantage. And I think that's really important to remember. So let's chat. I wanna use that chat bar real quick. If you would please tell me, have you taken an online course? And I ask this because I think it's really important if we're gonna play in the world of online courses to have some experience with lots of different kinds of online courses. So give me a quick yes or no here. Deanna says yes, Margaret says yes, David says yes, excellent, I love it. Oh, so, oh my gosh, they're just pouring in now. <laughs> Mike says yes, Chris says yes, Linda says yes. Oh, I love it. Okay, good, you guys have a lot of online course experience. I'm so happy to hear it. So great. Oh, good, I'm not, in fact, I haven't seen any no's yet. Maybe I missed a couple, but so far everyone has. So that is beautiful, super happy to hear it. Okay, let's go to the next uh, question here. From those who have, how did you feel about it? So you can type in the chat bar if you like, like I liked learning online better, or I like, you know, you can say online better, live better, or about the same, or you can certainly unmute and give me a quick opinion if you don't mind. We could probably have time for about two or three well, quick her, I don't know if she can include students, but not between me and you. I'm sorry, say again, Laurie? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, different thing. Oh. Okay, call me when you get on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, okay, some people like live better, but the online was nice. Okay, like live better, but I was surprised at how effective it was. I'm surprised at how effective the online might have been. Okay. All right. I like hybrid. I like the fact I could determine my pace myself. I like face-to-face. -face. Online was good. Did not like group projects. Hybrid. Okay, good. Yeah, so this is important for us to think about. Um, just what's possible right now. And, and I love what Sherry says, I've had good and not so good courses in both formats. Absolutely. My experience with the courses is taken directly related to the skill of the trainer. Yes, that is important for sure. Um, Chris says, can we talk about synchronous and asynchronous? Okay, yes, let's come back to that, Chris, when we get to our Q&A, okay? Can we, um, let's see. Rayanne or Jonathan, would you remind me or, or one of us here to talk about that at the end, the synchronous and asynchronous? Okay, good. Now, it depends on the topic for sure. I love all the comments that you're making. I think these are really, really important. And so I just wanna make sure that everybody is kind of thinking to themselves at this point, oops, sorry, thinking to themselves at this point, what experience have I had? How can I make sure that I'm offering my clients the best possible experience. My takeaway from taking these premium online courses was that when they're done well and they're done right and the instructor is good and they're easy to listen to and they're in manageable chunks of material, et cetera, I found that my learning was so enhanced because I could go back to those videos again and again and again and again. 
And, um, and then I could also participate in the live chats and in the communities. And so I, I felt like I was in a class with people and that it, it went on for a long period of time, you know, long enough a year so that I could really get my head around the topic. And I think that's an important part. So I want to encourage you to be strategic as you're thinking about this next era and what you can be building for the future. Okay. I want you to think about selecting your market position and we'll talk about that in just a moment. And I want you to think about creating a value stack. I, I use this terminology a lot. I'm going to explain it real quickly. A value stack is like when you select a topic area that you have expertise in and then you offer like some free or low cost content like vlogs, you know, uh, video blogging, um, webinars, downloadable guides, things like that, that show your clients that you have the expertise needed and you can, you can uh, package it and deliver it to them in a, uh, in a powerful way, and then use that to lead to higher paid programs, paid programs or higher paid programs and higher paid content. So let's take a look at the strategic positioning map here real quick. Um, so when you, when I say strategic positioning, there's obviously a lot of ways you could do that, but let's compare together uh, one axis here being high quality versus low quality. And the other is low price and high price. So now we have these two axes that we're going to compare. And to be honest, folks, I'm not going to talk about low quality, low price or low quality, high price products, because I don't want anything you do to fall into that low quality area. The reason is your reputation is at stake. Okay. So it doesn't have to be perfect but it has to be quality. You have to go the extra mile and make sure that you are trying to deliver a quality product. So you're gonna have to, you know, get feedback on the products and things like that if this is new for you, for sure, okay? So, so we're not gonna talk about that low quality area. Let's talk about the, the high quality stuff. So when I talk about um, positioning and building this value stack, one of the things you could do is low price or free, free PDFs, for example, things that you can give away or you can have people download. Um, free video courses, short video courses. That, so for example, uh, one of my colleagues and I are talking about, uh, she's gonna do a course on uh, being resilient, change resilience. And so she's probably gonna do a free short course that then will give a lot of value and then it will move into a, a, a paid course eventually for people who want to go more. But right now we're going to focus on, on getting that uh, course positioned as a free course. You can also do paid single module classes like the change module that I'm just talking about. Or you could do um, any of your like leadership or supervisory or management things. You could try to do those as paid single module classes that can either be live, right? Where people are all there together, synchronous, right? Or asynchronous where you could, where you could videotape it and then you can have people pay and download it. And there's uh, quite a bit of uh, strategic advantage in doing that as long as you feel comfortable doing it and you've got the, the background. So we'll, or, you know, the, the platform and stuff. So we'll talk about that. So uh, then if you move over to the higher price side, we're talking about like premium video programs, like with communities, for example, that's something that I have taken and, and really enjoyed and I thought was very powerful, where you build in some kind of um, a Facebook community or a Slack community or, um, or a weekly live or something like that. And of course, another option there. And this is just, this is just some of the options. There's plenty more, but these some examples. Uh, the next thing there is like a premium coaching or mentoring program. So if you have a lot of executive clients or executive level clients, you could start something like that really quickly where you get people to meet with colleagues, you know, uh, once a week or every other week and go into a deep dive on something about leading through these turbulent times or something like that. So on that high, higher priced side, there's definitely some different options. Okay, 
So in sum, let me just kind of wrap this up and say, I've been really deeply enmeshed in this <laughs> for the last four years. Like, how do I do this? Not having any idea that this whole crisis would emerge, but just because it was of interest to me. And I guess I'd like to just say, get started, right? None of it, we, we all don't have a choice, right? We're like, oh, we're all starting this because we have to. But I do want you to think strategically. Remember that your clients are in this with you. And some of the best opportunities I had getting started was that a client was willing to partner with me and, and give it a whirl. So I told you about my client that we did the interviewing class with. We, we did, we shot the, first I wrote my scripts and I sent them over and we went through the scripts together and we, and I got approval on all that. So I knew that they were behind the product and they, they knew what I was going to do and they were all with it. They prepaid me for some of that work, right? We shot the, the videos in their uh, offices, which were beautiful. Um, they partnered with me to make this happen. I did not do it by myself. So remember that your clients want to serve their own employees right now. And you should be leveraging those relationships more than anything else. Um, you can learn how to do all this. This is not rocket science, but you got to get in front of that camera and start <laughs> and just, just get going and you're not going to be perfect and it doesn't matter. And you just, you have to be good enough <laughs> and you have to try and get started. Right. And with the right strategy, honestly, um, you actually can make more profit and grow your business exponentially using online methods. Eventually, once you get into this and you start creating products that you can then scale and sell because the scalability with an online product is so much greater than it is with face-to-face. -face. So bottom line is just that this is an opportunity to serve your existing clients in new ways that will last, can be even more effective for learners if learners are positioned properly and can be exceptionally profitable. So I think that's, um, about it for my part. Let's see. Now let's ask, are there any questions that, uh, that need to be answered here? Ray or Jonathan, do you see any, anything yes. we should talk about? Yeah. I actually answered the question about clients not having access to technology. Almost everyone has a phone. So yeah. although the screen is very small, trainees can still access content via the phone. Also, yeah. how do you get trainees how do you get teachers or instructors to train? It's yeah. kind of like tasting that food that looks gross. And then you say, whoa, actually it tastes good. You got to get them to try it. Even in a small step, little steps make big progress. Yeah. So have them participate, maybe co-present. I love to co-present with Claire because I always learn so much from her. So get a mentor, have them work together, maybe even provide some training. And I know that Claire does this type of training with her program and other programs online that they could take to get prepared. Canvas, for example, if they're teaching already, has tons of videos on how to get started and best practices. And right now, the, the uh, community college and central areas are sending out loads of links for instructors to better prepare them. Yeah, all oh, such great stuff. So I want to hand it over to you, Rayanne. Um, you're going to talk a little bit uh, about more strategic things about getting started. So let me hand it over yes. to you. All right. And we're going to do a poll. Sorry. Go ahead, Ray. Sorry. <laughs> right. So sometimes the hardest thing is getting started. Let's find out what your biggest hurdle is. I already saw somebody said we don't have ready trainers and we, we know that that's definitely a hurdle. Go ahead and click, click as many as you wish, but preferably just one so we could get a clear view of what's our biggest pain point. Can you turn your tennis a little bit there? Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. And I love the comment by Brandon. You definitely need to think of, from a different point of view. We need to think mobile. How will this look on a screen? How much can we deliver in the amount of time? I think we need to think in small bits and bytes for the mobile arena. And I'm not seeing people taking the poll. Do all of you see the poll? It should pop right, right up on your screen. Yeah. All right. So if you see the poll, please choose one. Otherwise, we'll take your chats. Ah. 
So John says, our participants, our employers are hesitant. Yes, and this is where we have to do a better job of coming in again as their partners, as their problem solvers. How are we going to help them through this particular challenge? Interesting uh, blog I got this morning from Glassdoor. They did a survey of workers in America. Three out of five workers said that they could work remotely indefinitely that they think they can still do their job and never have to go back to the office. We could start using some of the statistics, some of our best practices to sell our best clients into trying a virtual or an online training. We don't have to sell them a whole program. Let's show them that we are problem solvers and we are consultants with them and we can deliver something that they could use right now that will bring them value. There are many opportunities. All right, we all lack technical. Roger, I love that because when I started, I had no technical knowledge and I still have to call my kids often, <laughs> all right? So we see 32% are not actually ready trainers, 41%. And this is, I think, where we in Contract Ed could share our resources. I particularly know several trainers who are looking for work. They're excellent trainers and now that we may have our borders opened a little more broadly, perhaps we could share these resources. I've always wondered why we are all creating, recreating the wheel all the time with our courses and our best practices, not sharing enough. So we're looking at this, ready trainers seem to be the biggest category. And maybe that could be a consortium or another activity down the line that we could share as a group. Second in line is content that can be transferred to the virtual environment. And again, I think maybe we're kind of boxed in if we have to do hands-on exercises. Somebody mentioned this. Last night I taught a public speaking course at the college completely online. I used breakout rooms. I put students in the breakout rooms with the activity to develop a five-step persuasive speech and that using the motivated sequence and that the best group, the, the group with the best speech would get extra credit points. And boy, they came up to the challenge with a little bit of a contest. I gave them time. I visited the breakout rooms to help them hone their speeches. And then one person came back from each room, delivered the speech. They did a phenomenal job. How would I have done that in class? I would have put them in groups. I would have walked around groups. Well, it was the same type of activity in the virtual environment as it was in the online environment. It's not the same, but yeah. it can be done. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you for that poll. I think it will be very helpful. Sorry. So where are the opportunities? We have virtual instructor-led training, these live classes that we can do with a live audience. We also have videotaped classes where people could go back. And I find this is wonderful, especially with people who speak English as a second language. We know we have to caption for accessibility, our classes. Having the video, videotaped classes, we could slow it down, we could speed it up. I don't know about you, but every time I watch a video, I usually speed up. I like to uh, get through it a little bit faster because I can understand when people are speaking faster. We also have slide presentations. We could do screencast classes. And finally, we have blogs, podcasts, video logs, many, many different opportunities. Oh, and I forgot about this, virtual <laughs> coaching. I'm doing a lot of this lately. So I am calling my clients and saying, hey, we provided a class on feedback and coaching recently. How are your leaders doing with that? Oh, they're doing great, except one is still struggling. Would it be helpful if I had a meeting with that particular leader and we went, we discussed what the challenges and hurdles were. Maybe we could role play where this person is struggling, communicating, and maybe it's just a personality clash that we need to discuss. So the virtual coaching mentoring could be very, very, uh, could be cost effective for us, another revenue stream. And then of course, we also have other ways that we could have people opt into discussions or have web pages that could provide further information. And of course, sending emails. This actually worked for me recently where I sent emails to my 
three biggest clients and said, hey, I know it's a tough situation now. I'm here, I'm online, let me know how I can help you. And I actually have responses from two of those clients. And I have a, a big meeting on Friday with a client who's looking at a whole year long project to be done virtually. So just reaching out and saying, hey, we're here for you. We have these resources and there are so many opportunities that may, may, have not, may not have thought of. So like, so like Claire, I want to share three simple examples of how I increased revenue and went from live to online training. The first example, presentation skills. I did a very large training for a company that's a global company. It was three days of presentation skills training. And then they asked me, could you provide some job aids as far as templates and PowerPoint slide templates, et cetera. That actually led to, could you provide online training to the people who participated because they would like to work on individual skill sets, such as one of the trainees was originally from Russia and she had a very thick accent. So we are now working on accent reduction. The second opportunity going live to virtual, we did a, a live session with a high tech company on feedback and coaching. They asked us if we could prepare a pre and post assessment so that they could measure the training because they wanted to get started with a larger program and show the ROI to their chief executive to say, we need more than this. We were able to do that, it was very tailored. This is something you could offer online through SurveyMonkey or for any or through email. And finally, the third example, we recently offered professional development activities through the College of San Mateo, actually all three of the colleges in that district. And the great thing about that is I was able to ask participants beforehand to send me a sample email and we were able to do a before and after People love that, you know, here I was before, I'm all disheveled and now I'm all together. So they loved seeing the Google Doc, how we took out words, how we rephrase things for more courteous responses. It was a great learning experience because everybody could work on the Google document and we could rate which person created the best message. Little contest, little game, little fun could be done. Very good, very good. Yeah, business. This is great. This is topic is a great topic for online. So what's the takeaway from here? Remember, we are partners with our clients. We are there to serve, to help, to get them through this hurdle at this time. We want to say, we're not adding to what you already have on your plate. We're helping you to handle it. Let them know exactly what we can do. Instead of hiring one consultant, they have access to a variety of consultants with expertise in a variety of areas. Let them know what you can do. Tell them our services. Very good. And now that you know what the opportunity is, how to get started, what are the tools to keep people highly engaged in an online experience? Jonathan. Hi everyone, Jonathan here. Um, I've seen some comments in the chat about how do you take this concept of hands-on and translate that to a virtual live learning experience? And I think the key thing is that um, really there's a couple of things. One, what does hands-on mean? And if we think about a training environment, it's really an opportunity to put into practice in practical ways, the content that is being presented. And so um, the key point here is really to think about what are the tools at your disposal and how do you use those to support that engagement and that practice. Using Zoom as an example, we've included a, uh, the bar across that page there that you would typically see in a fully enabled Zoom setting where you would have not only the traditional um, microphone and video, but also running polls as we did earlier uh, in this training, and then also the opportunity to do breakout rooms. Um, there are a number of other features that are available that I'll talk about in a moment, but the key point here is really to think about 
what are we trying to accomplish um, from a hands-on perspective? What's the desired outcome? And then what tools would best accomplish that in this environment? Why don't you go ahead, the next slide there. So again, it's really about what are the tools that support engagement? Um, it's very tempting to just, especially when people get started in this environment, to just start using the tools. Um, for example, you see uh, people constantly changing virtual backgrounds. That's not a tool, but it's an example of because you can, people start doing it. Um, we actually had to think about this training, um, what would make sense? And initially we started with the idea of modeling a lot of different tools and we said, okay, let's do breakout rooms. But as we thought through the content and what we wanted to accomplish here, what are the most important things? We actually decided not to do that because um, while it would have demonstrated that tool, it would not have given us the opportunity to cover other content that we felt was most important for this conversation. Uh, so we did do the poll. And I think with from a tools perspective, um, you have to think through who on who in the training is going to conduct that poll, who has access to it, and to practice, practice, practice. So we actually had some funny uh, practice calls over the last few days as we tried to work out how the poll would work, how we would launch it. And uh, one of the things that we decided was just as you would have multiple contingency plans uh, in a face-to-face -face training, you need to have the same for uh, the virtual, what happens if it gets wonky and the tool doesn't work. And so uh, for the poll that Margaret launched, which went perfectly, that was amazing. A lot of practice <laughs> went into that. And uh, we actually had a backup plan. So we had numbered all of the choices on that slide and we were our backup plan was, let's have uh, participants put the number in the chat room. Um, so some of the different uh, tools see here uh, that we have used and will use uh, by the end of this conversation are there. But there are others that um, as you dig a little bit deeper, um, you'll see that they're beyond breakout rooms, there are opportunities to uh, annotate, uh, to share a whiteboard, um, to annotate the whiteboard or to um, share a Google Doc as Ray has done in some of the trainings we provided internally and to um, live chat within that at the same time. So when you think about all of the different tools at your disposal, there are many, but the key rule is keep it simple and, and use them only to support the engagement to accomplish your set objectives for the training. And with that, I'll turn it back over to Claire. Uh, I was just going to speak to this last bit here about it says gamification inside the product. And I want to just mention that, you know, if you are creating online courses that can be sold to many people, <laughs> you know, there's ways that you can set these things up so that people can unlock features and you can give them prizes and you can create this sort of side-by-side -side community for Q&A and live interaction. We call them lives, you know, come on to the live cast, you know, that kind of thing. You can build assessments in so that, I mean, that are actual like tests, of course, but also just like quick recaps of the, of the concepts that help people really lock in the learning. And, and don't forget, you know, that you can also mix up a lot of these things like doing screencasts where you're literally talking through your PowerPoint, which I think you've got to be careful with because it can, um, that could get a little boring. So you don't want to necessarily just do only that but but it's certainly an option and you can make it interesting and fun and you could do demos you know on video or off it you know or on your computer you can do podcasts and other things that we've already talked about like that mentoring and hyphy coaching things like that are really important so um jonathan i'm going to hand it back to you for the the simple setup of these things oops <laughs> That's weird. I'm going to just populate this whole darn thing. Okay, there you go. <laughs> hey there, Jonathan. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I'm going to be sharing a lot of links in the chat window in a moment. Uh, some of them will relate to what we're talking right now about 
what we're talking about right now and some for things yet to come, but really take advantage of what we have available right now. Most of us have access to Zoom, either directly through our colleges or districts or through CCC Confer. And if you don't, there are st the, the pro accounts, the paid accounts that give you all the functionality you'll need to run an effective interactive training is not very expensive. It's under $20 a month. Um, definitely one of the best investments that you'll make. Um, also with thinking about how you wanna show up, uh, getting a green screen makes a difference. Um, depending on the age of your computer, um, you can see in my background here, um, I have a virtual office. Um, I actually have a green screen that attaches to the back of my chair that gives me a higher quality uh, background as I choose that. And I'll pop a link into the chat. Also, thinking about the camera and the lighting, um, before the call, uh, Ray was showing me uh, some of the lighting differences it makes with the setup that she has around. Um, thinking about the type of microphone you have. On my desktop right now, I have a special type of directional mic that captures and picks up the sound. Um, so those are all things that you need to think about from a quality perspective that support the overall training that you're gonna be doing. And I'll turn it back over to you, Claire. Okay, I'll just speak to this last bullet, the simple setup here. It says, you know, I just wanna kind of remind you, and I'm sure you've been, uh, you've, you've heard a lot about this recently, but you can purchase content, of course, from different sources. Um, uh, my colleague was just telling me this morning that DDI, many of us are DDI certified trainers, that DDI has a lot of content that you can uh, turn around and use if you're certified. You could build your own content, that's, that's something. Or you can do affiliate partnerships, which means that, um, like for example, in some of the online courses that I've built, I have an affiliate partner and she, my, my consulting firm that I work with, and they purchase the con, they basically promote the content and then we do a profit sharing model. So there's, you don't always have to build it all. Just, I just want to say that because some people get overwhelmed with this idea that like, oh my God, now I have to, you know, I have to transfer all my content over. You don't necessarily have to, especially across the community college system. If we could share a little bit, you know, around who's using what, it, there might be a lot of opportunities there for this purchase versus build versus affiliate partnerships. So um, don't feel like you're in it alone. That's what I want to. That's what I want to tell you. <laughs> now I'm going to pass it over to Ray for communicating with your clients and and uh, what to say and how to say it. <laughs> All right, so what do we say to our clients? We are in this together, let's figure it out. Strong verbs, I say this in my writing class too. Let them actually see what is going to happen. We're going to protect you, we're gonna survive this crisis. This is a reboot, this is another, I love Claire's turn in the road, let us help you get down that road. Strong nouns uncertainty, downturn, crisis. I actually like to work on the positive. This is an opportunity to do something better and more cost efficient. Think about it. The virtual environment is definitely much more cost efficient than the live environment. I did some research. Claire had asked me for this because years ago I had seen a GE study that said for every dollar spent, we would get a $5 return on training. And I actually found more online that said, different uh, IBM and a couple of other companies have done their own return on investment studies and they are finding for every dollar spent, companies actually reap 22 to $32 back in increased efficiency, increased productivity, better relationships. And in these days, I don't know if that's gonna change, but the whole idea of retention. In the Bay Area, I have seen so many companies taking other people's employees, you know, for a few more dollars, I'm going to offer this employee and I'm going to take away your best employees for a few more dollars. Most employees will either be going or growing. So I like to use that when I'm talking to my clients and say, look, you want your best employees to stay. The biggest thing that lets that it keeps people on their jobs 
is knowing that they're making a contribution and that they're becoming better. So why aren't you offering training? It's cheaper than replacing that employee. Yeah, and Ray, can I say one thing about that? Sure. Um, I also think that right now is really important that you can, you can talk about the benefit of providing stability and sometimes for some clients it's about utilizing this time well and and doing some of the backlogged training that they were meaning to do and hadn't gotten to so and i want to add one more to that fostering teamwork i don't see uh, my i don't see my peers of colleagues every day and i know that some companies that are completely virtual one of my clients actually has a screen come up in the morning when they log on and they will have employee of the day let's learn about this person because they don't see each other so mm -hmm. we have ways for us to foster teamwork and camaraderie and problem solving maybe in the virtual environment so what exactly do we say we can say we've been here we've been doing education for years we have the instructors we have the content we have the ability you know you can count on us to deliver we're going to con communicate our value we're usually much less than the AMAs or the Fred Priors or any of the other training providers that are out there, and we can customize the training. We're more flexible. We can do a training for two people to 200 people. Whatever it is you want to communicate, how, what is our value proposition? What do we do better than others? And in that vein, we've actually created a document. I'm not going to go through the whole document, but in this document, which you can download, it has sample emails, it has sample headlines, for example, never stop learning, or now is the time. It gives you some headlines, some ideas for your web pages, for your email campaigns, lots and lots of ideas. And I'm hoping that you will add to that, that we can start sharing, hey, what worked for us? What has been working? What will work? Yeah, I like that. I, I think, Ray, I just want to add there that, you know, and I'll just say it again because it's so important. You've already covered this, but it's so important that we're not tone deaf with our clients right now. We, we have to meet them at their current pain point. And so listening to your clients and calling them and checking in and saying, how's things going and what's really happening on the ground there? And, and then giving them two or three ways that you can help not to just say like, well, let me know if you need anything because they may not know what you can even do. So if you can say, hey, you know, I know uh, there's a number of clients in your city, a number of my, my you know, partners in your situation, here's what I'm doing for them. It's really turning out, you know, successful. I'd like to bring this to you as well. What do you think? You know, this kind of thing. So you give them something to respond to and react to. And I think that's a really important practice. Claire, I'll add one more piece, which is, you know, so I work with Claire and Rayanne um, as trainers. This is really a time to be thinking about as the director of a department, what are your relationships like with your trainers? Um, if I only thought of them as our trainers, um, even though they have their independent businesses, if I just thought of them that way and limited our relationship like that, I would have missed out on a lot of different things uh, along the way. So really thinking about how do we come alongside one another as partners? We're yeah. all in this together. And to really find out what are they capable of? Where are they struggling? What are their pain points? And how to together, how do we build something that will create value for our clients and for each other? And so this is the time to kind of really think about how are you thinking about that relationship and how are you fostering that relationship? Yeah, I love that. Jonathan, and I'll say on the receiving end of that, for any of you, if you're reaching out to your trainers, it feels so good to have partners reaching out and saying, hey, let's talk. Let's figure out how we can respond to this together. What, what can we do? And, and I know that, you know, right now I'm just, I'm just in it for for figuring out how to serve. And, and that's, and every, every person I've talked to feels that way. Of course, we also need to make a living and that kind of thing, but ultimately we're here to serve and that's what we're trying to create. So thank you for that. Let me go to our closing. And um, 
yeah, we just want to be thinking about inviting you into chat with us and say, you know, what questions or advice do you have for each other? We know we're, even though we were in the sort of presenter mode here today, there's a lot of uh, really wonderful expertise here on the line. And so what questions or advice do you have? And what's one thing that you learned today that you will put into action? And as we go through some of the chat and we do some of that, I just also want to remind you that you will be getting a survey later. So if you would complete that for us, we would sure appreciate it. But let me take a quick look here. Jonathan, Ray, do you see anything in chat that we should be uh, responding to? Yes, I was to remind you about asynchronous versus synchronous training, if you would like to address that issue. Oh, yes. Okay, so I did say a little something about that. I see that was from me, from, from Chris. And I did talk about that a little bit. I'm not sure exactly what the question was, but the idea of um, that we don't have to think only in terms of what we can do live online with people, but also be thinking about what you can capture, uh, say on video, et cetera, and then repurpose and resell in different ways. And, and Ray and Jonathan, I'd both invite you both to also chime in on that. Uh, let me know what, what do you think about what do you have to say about those models and how to utilize that? Again, I think it, it depends on the on the client and what they're trying to accomplish. It, it depends on the content. I mean, I think there's a lot of considerations. And also, Chris uh, from Chevelle brought up a good question: How technologically savvy is the audience that you're that you're delivering to? I know that we have some OSHA trainers here, people who normally work in the field that don't really work on a, on a computer. So we would probably have to have a lot more instruction on the tools before they even were able to participate fully in, in some of the types of classes we offer. So all of those, and language barrier, I found too with working with my construction group that I really have to go back and simplify as much as possible and visualize as much as possible when I'm delivering that content to make it very clear to them. Because again, many of them are English second language. They they haven't heard some of these terms. I would also add, um, you have to think about it from an onboarding perspective. So you're onboarding your audiences, you're onboarding uh, your trainers and potentially your own staff. What kind of pre-recorded videos can you have them watch ahead of time to uh, get prepared for that as much as possible? And then again, keeping the tool, the use of the tools simple and relevant and making sure that the host is proficient in the use of those and that you have contingency plans in place in case something doesn't work. I would also say thinking about it as a multi-layer strategy where you might offer a series of shorter pieces of live content that are open to others that could be engaging but then also recorded so they serve the immediate purpose, they build an audience, you record them for access later, and then those could be the wedge to open the door for customized training. In fact, that's one of the strategies that we're pursuing now. There's lot, lots of different ways to think about this, but um, we all have a lot going on in our heads. So I think using the tools they have um, in dialogue and getting some stuff out of your head into a shared Google Doc or a Google Sheet and brainstorming together, this is the time to do that. So you can come up with some really good ideas together. That's a great idea. So I would like to respond to, uh, looks like CP Hildebrand, which platforms are best for instructors? Again, I teach not only for corporate education, but I am teaching college level courses. I do believe Canvas is better than Blackboard as far as the options that we have. And I do use Zoom as well as, you can use your online uh, Canvas tools, but Canvas actually has Zoom built into it. If you go to the, and I forgot what tab it is, but you can go and register for a Zoom account right inside Canvas, at least I can on my account. And I used it last night with my students. Here's the thing with students. You have to send them the invite a week ahead. You have to send them the invite a day ahead, and you have to send them the invite 10 minutes ahead, and then you're going to get the most people to participate. What real life tech support, again, I love what Jonathan said, is record, there's, if you're using Zoom, you can use the record, which we are doing today, record the, the 
the whole session. So if a student says to you, hey, I missed it, I didn't have tech, hey, go to the recording. There it is. You can listen to it on your own time. So I think that's a, a, a good example. If, if there's garbled speech, you may have to come back in and out of a meeting. You may have to try a different browser. Uh, you may have to look at how much the version of all of the versions of your software and hardware that you're using. Do you need to put a little more money into the technology that you have? Yeah. I have a Great. suggestion. Yeah. Roger. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to this virtual training, I was pretty much standing behind the door when all this was passed out. I knew nothing about it. Uh, I'm the president of one of our business networking uh, programs and we decided to go virtual so I was forced to learn how to do it which I was pretty nervous at first but after a few weeks you get really used to it and for those trainers who might feel the same way uh, my offer would be if you want me to send you uh, or open up a, uh, a zoom platform for you host a meeting and want to do a 10 15 20 minute trial run just me and you I'll be your audience just so you can get kind of used to doing it make your mistakes in front of somebody that you know or, or me before you actually do a class I virtually have nothing else to do <laughs> that's <laughs> a great that anybody who would like to uh, you know do a class just kind of a test run yeah love it love it so everybody, let me encourage you to put one last thing in the chat for us. Tell us one thing that you learned today that you're gonna put into action. Tell me, tell me, what are you gonna put into action? I'd love to see it. I wanna see uh, chat if you would, or by all means, unmute and tell us. Either one is fine. Um, I'd love to have you kind of nail down what this, you know, what new ideas you have right now based on our conversation? How do you think you're going to proceed? What do you need next? Those are some of the questions that we want you to consider. Okay. Yeah, let's, uh, let me hear, let us hear from you. Remember, participation is key. <laughs> uh, this is Carol Hildebrandt. Um, from College of Rent. And one of the things that I'm thinking of is I'm looking next for, okay, so if we decide to move forward with more online, what might be that um, high quality streamlined method for training, training instructors and trainers? Um, and I, I might've missed it earlier in the call and I know it depends on the platform you use, but that's the piece considering that this is not my area of expertise um, that I'll be looking for next. So wait, let me, okay, let me just uh, repeat that back and, and make sure I understand. So what you're looking for is you don't want to, this isn't, you've got a lot of strategic things to be thinking about and other stuff. You want to help your trainers get ready to do this. And what are the tools for that? Did I hear that right? Exactly. There are tons of trainings out there, a lot of them for credit classes, yeah. but we're talking about more of these short term, you know, we don't want to spend a semester training them up. We also want them to be prepared. So what's a high quality you know, ideally streamlined way to get folks ready enough and then keep the learning going over time. That is a great question. And it's interesting because it's something that Ray and Jonathan and I have been thinking a lot about and doing a little boot camp, a quick turnaround little boot camp class to try to work with the trainers themselves. And there are a lot of free tools out there, but I think part of the challenge, at least the one that I face is that I'm getting this stuff every day, like, <laughs> you know, I've got free tutorials from this direction and free tutorials from that direction and trying to just focus and come in together and be like, okay, what are we doing? <laughs> what's, what's our strategy and what tools do we need to execute on that strategy and how do we make it happen? Is, um, is almost for me at least, maybe I'm just a person that tends, I don't wanna follow shiny objects, right? I wanna be, <laughs> I wanna be purposeful about how I'm executing on this, so. It's a great question, a wonderful concern, and I'm really glad you raised it. Thank you. And I want to just add, as a Canvas user, a lot of people make their Canvas shells open to the public, and people who have done that tend to have to be very good technologically, in my experience. So if we can provide a template, if we can say, here's a basic template that you can put most training content into, that might be something again where we could collaborate on what's the best what's the best practice That's as far idea. as content. Yeah. 
This is Jonathan here. What might be helpful too, as Claire shared, we, the three of us have been talking about what type of kind of short boot camp could we provide? If we could put um, out a survey afterwards asking what topics you would like to see covered in that. We already have a lot of ideas, but um, we could certainly incorporate other things that would be relevant to your situations. Um, so Margaret, perhaps after the call, um, we could talk about putting together that type of survey as well. I'm happy to do that, definitely. Mm, I like what you've said here, Margaret, in the chat. Can I, I'm just gonna read it out loud for anyone who's yeah. not monitoring the chat. Um, well, actually, why don't you say it? You're here, you, you use your voice. Well, <laughs> and, and, and I was gonna say, Claire, I wanna go slowly with this because yeah. I don't know that there's any stumbling blocks or confidentiality, but if everyone sends me their vetted trainers that are doing online courses, I'm happy to merge into one spreadsheet and share with the listserv, but please get the trainer's permission first prior to sending me their name and contact information. But I'm happy to merge that because if somebody's in Wairika, there's no reason they couldn't do an online course for San Diego Community College, or if somebody's in you know, Santa Cruz, they could do one for Reading. It doesn't matter, that's the beauty of all this. So yeah, and, and you're looking at you're looking at two amazing trainers right now, Claire and Ray, that you can see they're they're putting on this this wonderful presentation with 10, 20, 30 years experience between the two of them. Thanks. Thanks, Margaret. All right, I want to be sensitive to people's time. It's two o'clock, but um, you know, uh, if you have additional ideas. I think you know how to reach us. You can <laughs> reach right out to us. We're on the meeting invite and everything else. So um, by all means, we're here for you. And Margaret, I'm gonna hand it back to you.